and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. Welcome back to Rebel Hearts. My name is Sam and this is episode three. Um, I had mentioned in episode two that April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month and that I had also mentioned that at some point I would be talking about Front Porch Step and also if I found any more runaway sexism facts, I would share them with you guys. And today I have those facts for you. When I was doing research today, I had found under just googling Cherie Curry, I found something that had happened a couple of years ago, I believe. I'll double check when I read the articles because this episode is going to be a lot of me reading. It, um, I, I believe it happened in 2010, but again, I will double check it as we're going along. Um, I found an article about a rape that Jackie Fox, who was the bass player of The Runaways, came forward with which involved their manager, Kim Fowley, and she had claimed that Joan Jett and Cherie watched it happen and didn't stop him. Kim Fowley, I had mentioned in the last episode, he is a bottle of awful, creepy, and just all-around terrifying. And while reading Neon Angel a couple years ago, I didn't really see anything like this. And also, I was not really surprised but also pretty disgusted to had hear that this is hap- this had happened so i'm going to go right into it and talk about the articles that i'm re- referring to the first article that i'm going to read from is not the first article that i originally read but this is the first one i'm going to be talking about it's from us magazine i know it's not the most reputable source but the us magazine article the huffington post article and the spin article they all have the same content and they pretty much are all the same except for different interviews and different wording so i believe that this us um us magazine article is pretty legitimate Uh, So, it starts off by saying, Fox told her story in a headline-making interview with the Huffington Post last week. The musician recalled an alleged incident that happened after a runaway's performance, in which Fox was given and and told to take quaaludes. Fox said that she had to lie down for the rest of the party as it continued, struggling to maintain consciousness. I remember opening my eyes, Kim Fowley was raping me, and there was everybody watching me, Fox added, telling Huffington Post that she saw her bandmates, Joan Jett and Cherie Curry, staring at her. The two women responded to the allegations in separate statements following the story's publication. The first one I'm going to read is Joan Jett's um, side of the story. She said, anyone who truly knows me understands that if I was aware of a friend or bandmate being violated, I would not stand by and... I would not stand by while it happened. She wrote on her uh, official Facebook page about it. And she said a lot of other things about it that I'm probably going to get to when I read the Spin Magazine article. 
And then it says, um, for a group of young teenagers thrust into 70s rock stardom, there were relationships that were bizarre, but I was not aware of this incident. Obviously, Jackie's story is extremely upsetting, and although we haven't spoken in decades, I wish her peace and healing. So that was Joan Jett's side of the story in this Us Magazine article. Cherie said... All I can say is if Joan, Sandy, and I saw an unconscious girl being brutally raped in front of us, we would have hit him over the head with a chair. She said first, referring to the late Runaways drummer Sandy West, I have been accused of a crime, Curry added the following day, of looking into the dead yet pleading eyes of a girl unable to move while she was brutally raped and doing nothing. I have never been one to deny my mistakes in life and I wouldn't start now. If I were guilty, I would admit to it. There are so many excuses I can make for being the only one month into my 16th year at the time that people would understand, but I am innocent. When I return from Sweden, I will seek a qualified polygraph examiner to put to rest any of any and all allegations. I will make public the questions, answers, and results of the test. I will prove that I am telling the truth. I will not allow anyone to throw me under the bus and accuse me of such a foul act. I will fight for myself. It is the only thing I can do, and I'm glad to do it. So, Shuri Curry felt very, very, um, she felt super passionate about this, and honestly, she really doesn't believe that this happened while she was there. She's not saying that she believes that Jackie is lying, but she's saying that she doesn't remember seeing this happen because she's pretty sure that she would have stopped it. And knowing Joan Jett, she probably would have stopped it too. And then there is another article because I mentioned that there is a couple. This one is from Pitchfork, I believe. Yeah, it's from Pitchfork.com, the runaway Shuri Curry response to Jackie Fox rape allegation against Kim Fowley. So it starts off by saying that um, this was apparently supposed to be a neon angel, but Jackie's trauma intensified after learning in 2000 that Shuri wanted to write about the rape for a memoir. Curry depicted the incident in lore detail, but instead of Jackie, the victim was a fictionalized groupie who encouraged her rapist. Jackie was merely a bystander and in, in, and in, in, and, I can't read guys, and, an indifferent one at that. Sorry about that. Jackie threatened legal action over this account, at which point Curry collected affidavits from two witnesses. The publisher ultimately decided to pull the book and Jackie continued to stay silent about what had happened to her. So there's a lot of stuff going on obviously so unfortunately as i said before kim fowley was an abuse monster who apparently only had called sheree curry in the past 10 years to apologize for being the way he was to all the girls and another article i have to mention to you guys the interviewer asked sheree if she's mad at joan for being in contact with him and basically water under the bridge and all of that before he passed obviously because kim fowley has now passed on and sheree said it's battered wife syndrome. The article I'm referring to is the spin article. The title alone says Sex, Rock, and Rape, Sheree Curry's Untold Runaway Story. Just really gets you from the start of it, doesn't it? So here's some more horrifying Kim Fowley facts. So Spin asks Shuri, what did you include in this new version of the book that you couldn't do in the original? Because Neon Angel was originally 
put out, I believe, in the 90s, and then they re-put it out in 2010 when the movie came out. But the original book is where they got the idea for doing the movie, and they asked all the girls if they wanted to be a part of it, and I believe only Joan and Cherie wanted anything to do with it. But moving on to this, um, this interview, Cherie said... In this one, I named names. For example, the story where Runaway's manager and producer Kim Fally held a sex education class for us was a little more than the publishers can stomach at the time. And I believe that I wouldn't have been able to stomach it either because it's just disgusting. Um, he, he said, I'm going to teach you dogs how to fuck in front of the band. Um, she... The interviewer, I'm sorry, I don't know if it's a she or a him, uh, that's my mistake, but Spin, the interviewer, said, in that scene, Kim has sex with a woman in front of the band in order to, as you recall, teach you dogs how to fuck. You seem to remember him as a nasty guy, but Joan Jett calls him a close friend. Does it bother you that she likes him? So Cherie then says, no, it's like battered wife syndrome. Some women love the abusive men they're with, and that's kind of the way I was with Kim. I really wanted his approval, and he apologized to me on the phone a year ago, saying if he had to do it all over again, he wouldn't have treated us that way. He didn't know how to handle 15-year-old girls, and his own crazy way, he loved us. Because, yeah, all the people that love you rape one of your friends, apparently in front of all of, you know, their bandmates, and have sex with people in front of you, and tell 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds, this is how you fuck. And the thing that really bothers me the most is obviously Kim Fally and the way he abused all the girls. And I'm calling them girls because they were young girls. But also the fact that Cherie and Joan seed as a way it just was. That was just the way it was. And that is just unacceptable and it bothers me because it's not just, oh, it is the way it is. No, he was abusive and he was taking advantage of all you. And I think that there were so many lost opportunities between not only all the girls, but Cherie and Joan the most because they're still kind of in the limelight. They're still doing stuff. I saw Joan Jett a couple of years ago, actually, for free at Coney Island. They're still active. They're still doing music, or at least Joan Jett is. I know that she was just doing some stuff because I was reading Tranny by Laura Jane Grace, which I will definitely get into because it was a great book. It broke my heart to a million pieces. But she said... Uh, Joan Jett is somebody who she's always admired and she even tucked in her son uh, I'm sorry not her son her daughter Evelyn and Evelyn would always say goodnight Joan Jett and I think that's adorable but going back to my little tangent on this uh, Cherie did mention a few times that the rape and the loss of her virginity by her sister's boyfriend made her angry and that's what made her cut her hair like David Bowie and she should be fucking angry and she should be mad about it to this day because a lot of ridiculous things happened to her between all the abuse and being raped by her sister's fucking boyfriend. And in the movie, she seems to be taken advantage of by one of the roadies. She slipped drugs all the time. She just did not have... She basically had the rock and roll lifestyle at the age of 15, 16. And to say, and I know that people grieve differently, but to say, in a way, I think it's his own crazy way of basically saying he loves us is absolutely ridiculous. He did not love any of you. He abused five teenage girls for their entire career and always put himself above them. Like, sorry. 
I know I'm not in that situation. I know I've never been in a band. I know that I've never dealt with any of those things. But Kim Fowley is an abuser, a monster, and to be honest, probably would have been better off without him. Your career probably still would have been successful because all of those women are incredibly talented. And fuck you, Kim Fowley. Rest in peace, but you're a fucking monster and... Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that, because that whole thing makes me super mad. But, with all those feelings being said, obviously a lot going on here. That's unfortunately and fortunately all I found on The Runaways. I will be updating you guys periodically as I'm Googling, as I'm finding new information. I'm probably at some point going to read Joan Jett's book, even though it's mostly the same stuff I'm assuming because the runaways are I know that there's probably five different ways to tell it because there's five people in the band but I might just check it out just to see if I can get more info and see Joan Jett's point of view because she did start the band it was her baby Cherise even said it you know I'm a little less invested than Joan is because Joan created this whole thing I was basically just invited to it even in the runaways movie you kind of see Joan treating it as her baby. You know, she was more involved in the movie uh, where Cherie was kind of just, you know, she just chilled there. She made sure that everything was okay. And fun fact about the Runaways movie, Dakota Fanning said that uh, her and Kristen Stewart learned how to write left-handed when they were doing the contract scene because Joan and Cherie are left-handed. I'm not sure if all of the girls in The Runaways are left-handed, but I know for a fact that Joan and Cherie were because that's what Dakota Fanning said. So I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, God forbid that they give Sam from Perks of Being a Wallflower contacts to wear for the fucking movie for it to make sense from the book and Kristen Stewart, you know, to wear contacts to be the same as the book. We got people doing things that you didn't even know. I didn't even know that Cherie and Joan Jett were fucking left-handed. But hey, Perks of Being a Wallflower couldn't get that one thing right. I'm still angry about it, guys. Sam should have had green eyes because Charlie says in that fucking milkshake scene in the book, you have the best green eyes. They're the kind of green that don't make a big deal about themselves. And she has fucking brown eyes. And I will never get over it. But hey, left-handed. Good for you guys in The Runaways. So now I'm finally done on my tangent. Um, there was a lot obviously going on that I didn't foresee because when I read Neon Angel, I did not realize that there was rape involved with Kim Fowley. I just knew that he was disgusting and a monster, but to find out that he was an even bigger monster was just depressing to say the least. And I would have remembered reading something that explicit and disgusting. And I know this whole episode is going to be hard to listen to, but in attempts to lighten the mood, I'm going to play you guys a band that is currently my boyfriend's favorite band. Their name is Now Now. Now Now is from Blaine, Minnesota, and is fronted by guitarist and vocalist Casey Dallager. I first saw them when they were Now Now Every Children at Bamboozle 2009, which is the same Bamboozle I left my mom alone for a half hour, legitimate half hour, she met Haley Williams and ended up on Newfound Glory's tour bus. I still don't know how. The way that she tells the story, she's basically telling me that their security guards just said, eh, you can come too. 
I don't know. I just know for a fact she was on it because I have something signed from Haley in her handwriting. It says Sam on it. I will show you guys a picture if you don't believe me. But anyway, rediscovering the band recently, me and my boyfriend took a long drive and put on their entire discography and we decided that we're starting a band that sounded like a mix of Now Now, or Meow Meow, as we like to call them, and the band Birds in Row, which are amazing. I recently just saw them for, I think, the fifth time when they played America, uh, Amityville Music Hall, I think, a couple of months ago. They're fucking incredible. They make me want to be in a band so bad. Uh, I don't have a favorite song by Now Now, because everything that they've ever put out is amazing, but I did choose one of my one of my favorite songs it's called dead oaks it's off their 2012 record threads and this is that song Again, that was the song Dead Oaks by the band Now Now from the 2012 record Threats. Now Now is currently recording their third record and my boyfriend has not stopped asking me if it's done yet or not. The answer is I don't think so, but I'm super excited for when it finally drops because everything they do is incredible and I know this will be too. I had mentioned before in my last episode and the beginning of this episode that I was going to talk about Front Porch Step. So I'm going to start by giving you guys a little bit of background to who this asshole is. Wikipedia says Front Porch Step is the solo acoustic project of Newark, Ohio musician Jake McElfresh. And honestly, I barely care enough about this guy to even tell you that little bit of information about him because he is just awful. So why is he awful? Alternative Press made kind of a master post about this. His Wikipedia page, as I just mentioned, has a little bit about the sexual allegations against him. They kind of go hand in hand. Alternative Press has the Tumblr links to all of his victims, whereas his Wikipedia page basically just talks about how he's a Christian now and has found God. So anyway, I will read you almost the entire Alternative Press article. I will also link to it in the show notes because it is incredibly important to our scene and to us as people to not accept this person and to make sure that people like this do not 
get anywhere in the music business or in life. This started January 1st, 2015. That is when the article came out that I'm gonna read to you guys. It is called Everything We Know About the Sexual Harassment Allegations Against Front Porch Step. Over the past month, Front Porch Step, aka singer-songwriter Jake McElfresh, has been accused of sexual harassment by numerous young girls. Emphasis on the word young. All of these girls were underage. The most recent of whom posted a lengthy story with pictures to her Tumblr account. The Tumblr account that they're linking to in the word Tumblr on this article is not the girl that I always mention who is his ex-girlfriend. Her name is Autumn. This is another girl. I don't know her name, but I will link to you her Tumblr in the show notes because it is incredibly important that you guys read about all this stuff that these victims went through because it is bullshit. It's not fair. It's not right. And this should not be happening. Uh, the article goes on to say most of the accusations that have been made against Front Porch Step include sexually explicit text messages and nude photographs sent to and received from underage girls. One accuser who says that she was underage at the time claims Mikael Fresh had phone sex with her. I believe that's Autumn. Uh, I will talk about her in about a minute. She's very important to this whole thing. To top it off, a change.org petition was launched asking for Vans Warped Tour to remove Front Porch Step from the bill this summer. The petition reads, we believe that Front Porch Step should not be allowed to play Vans Warped Tour and be given a national venue where he can access the young girls who, who attend Warped Tour. We are asking Kevin Lyman and Vans Warped Tour to take Front Porch Step off the tour before something more than sending texts happens. Now, I told you guys I have beef with Kevin Lyman, and let me tell you one of the reasons I have beef with Kevin Lyman. I took me a little bit to find this article. I talk about this article literally all the time ever since it came out. It makes me so fucking mad. I had to find it again before I started recording this. But again, I had referenced him before, Property of Zach, another great uh, website. I used him all the time for all my music sources. The website isn't really updated anymore, but he does have another blog called Allergic Reactions. You guys should definitely check it out. Zach is really cool. This was posted in June, uh, it was posted on June 17, 2014. Uh, Kevin Lyman did an interview where somebody asked him why there's a lack of women on Warp Tour. This was uh, the Warp Tour of 2014. And so Kevin Lyman says, there, there's really not a lack of women, he says, interrupting me before I finished asking the first question. If you've got 20 bands that have women in them out of 120 bands, that's one out of six bands. The interviewer says, you think that's okay? I ask, surprised that he would be so comfortable with such a one-sided ratio. That's absolutely okay, he says, but it's not. It's not okay for Warped or The Fest, and it's not okay that Alternative Press, a monthly music magazine that sponsors the Warped Tour, has not only put Woman on its cover five times in the last three years, and twice it was Haley Williams of, Haley Williams of Paramore. If you Google search bands in the world, the vast majority of them are male. There's a correct assumption, right? Lyman continues, I don't necessarily go search out girl bands. I always try to make sure they're there, but they have to be good. Good is in italics. And fuck you, Kevin Lyman. I don't believe that he supports women, and I don't think that he thinks that women should be in bands or on the Vans Warped Tour. I think he puts them there because he has to, and I think it's absolute bullshit. Fuck the Warped Tour. Fuck you, Kevin Lyman. I can't stand that. When I read that article, I was fuming, and I guess you guys can assume that I'm still not over it. 
because I also read that Paramore is never going to be on the Warp Tour because Kevin Lyman said they're too big and their management won't allow it. And he's just said ridiculous shit about women in his whole career. There, When I was looking up this article, I knew it existed, obviously, because I'm still seething about it like four years later, almost four years later. But I searched, Kevin Lyman hates women, and you'd, you'd be surprised. I wasn't surprised because he fucking sucks, but I was surprised with, you'd be surprised, sorry. See, I'm still seething. You'd be surprised with all the bullshit that comes up, and he goes, I don't care that people hate me. Well, you know what, Kevin Lyman? I fucking hate you. So whether you care or not, I do. So back to another asshole that hates women. It says... Uh, where did I leave off? Sorry, guys. I went out on a tangent and I can't... Okay, now I know where I am. Sorry. Back to what I was talking about. Warp Tour founder Kevin Lyman initially responded in a tweet. I am on vacation and when I get home, the front porch step allegations will be completely vetted. He has since announced that he will be back to work earlier than expected to deal with the situation. Yeah, fuck you, Kevin Lyman. You didn't do shit. Around the same time as Lyman, Pure Noise Records, Front Porch Steps label released a brief statement. Yes, we're aware of the rumors. Due to the serious legal nature of them, this will not be handled overnight. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, good job. A representative for Front Porch Step has been unresponsive to requests for further comment at this time. Shocking. Mikhail Fresh tweeted a brief statement of his own. I am aware of everything going on right now and will be addressing it soon. He said, I'm so sorry that this happened. Yeah, right. You're sorry you got caught, asshole. He later added a longer update. I am aware of the serious allegations and s sensational things being posted on the internet about me and my personal life. While this is personally difficult to experience, I am taking the appropriate, meaningful, and objective steps to address the severity of these things and the horrendous words being used. I would truly hope that the others who have or will propagate, pr propagate, 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 propagate. I'm gonna go with propagate. These serious allegations will do the same. So alternative press, like I had mentioned, linked to some of the Tumblr accounts and posts from which the accusations have been made. There is one, two, three, four, five, there are six. And uh, there's seven total because Autumn is actually not on this. I will link to her Tumblr. I think it's Autumn Bottom with a lot of U's and B's and M's and all that stuff. As of this posting, the petition to remove Front Porch Step from Warp Tour has collected more than 9,000 signatures. AP will continue to update the story as it develops. Update on January 3rd, singer-songwriter Alison Weiss announced that she will no longer be touring the UK with Front Porch Step due to the recent allegations made against Jake McElfresh of Front Porch Step. I have decided I will not be touring with him this month in the UK. Weiss said on Facebook, the petition to remove Front Porch Step from Warp Tour has now collected more than 11,000 signatures. As of this update, Front Porch Step has been removed from the roster of Pure Noise Noises website. So I'm not sure, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know what happened, but I believe Kevin Lyman did in fact allow this asshole to play at least one or two shows on the Vans Warp Tour. Ask me if I'm shocked. Hint, I'm not. Again, I've said it a billion times. Sorry for being super explicit this episode, but fuck you, Kevin Lyman. <sighs> anyway, moving on. So I said I would read a little excerpt from the first girl in question. 
her Tumblr, I will link to, it says her, her Tumblr name is Graceful Booty. Uh, it's a long, all of them are long that I've noticed, which is great because they're incredibly detailed and who doesn't love incredible detail? It has a lot of pictures. It has from when they first started talking, when he followed her, check your DMs and all of this stuff. I'm not gonna read everything because like I said, it's incredibly lengthy. It's worth the read though. I just don't have the time to read this whole thing. Like I said, this is all important. We need to make sure that people like this stay out of our scenes, stay out of this world, and shit like this doesn't happen. Uh, the post, her name is Angela, by the way. Oh, she lives on Long Island. Oh, that's great. We're basically neighbors. She said, I was in denial for the entire summer of 2014 that I was being sexually harassed by Jake McFresh. I was a mess after an awful breakup nearly a year ago, and I... I numb the pain by being a drunken mess and posting nudes for all of the world to see. So it's never the victim's fault, first of all. So I'm so sorry to hear that she thought that this was her fault because who cares that you posted nudes on the internet? Nobody should be taking advantage of you. The text on this Tumblr post is super small and I can't really read it that well. I mentioned in my first episode, my reading skills on a screen are not incredible. You guys can obviously tell because I cannot pronounce or read words for shit. So I'm not going to do this girl any dis disjustice by injustice. Sorry, I don't even know English. Injustice by attempting to read this thing that she wrote. It's actually not as long as Autumn's is. So I could read this whole thing, but like I said, the text that she uses for her layout is really incredibly small and I can't read for shit. So I'm gonna link to that so you guys can take a look for yourself. There's pictures. So if you're the kind of person that likes menus with pictures of the food, this is the victim to read. You should read them all because they're really important. So I mention Autumn every chance I get because she's the ex-girlfriend of Jake, aka front porch, front porch step. I don't even care about his stupid fucking band's name because he's stupid. Uh, Autumn, I will link to her, I mentioned. Autumn Bottom, it's just a bunch of M's. I thought it was a lot crazier than that. Uh, her name is Autumn Brooke, and the start of her post says, I was going to post this last night to ensure he didn't play today, but I was up all night writing. I also wanted to see if Kevin would let him play the Nashville date, and if he did, I was for sure posting this. I spoke to Kevin on the phone and told him I didn't feel it was a wise decision and told him why. Kevin told me that the only that only if he struck, if he stuck to his treatment plan would he be able to play surprise show. He didn't stick to his treatment and he was aware. I don't feel that he is better yet, so here we go. I had mentioned before, and I've mentioned a bunch in the past in real life, if any of you guys know me personally, this Tumblr post probably took me, no joke, two hours to read. I'm probably over-exaggerating, but it took me a long time, especially because I was reading every single word that she said. I was thinking about everything that she said. I was putting myself in her position. You know, it was a, wow, it was a wild ride to read this entire Tumblr post. And I feel so sorry for her that she dated, actually dated somebody that actually abused her. I'm linking to all of these in the show notes. I really, really encourage you guys to at least, at the very least, read Autumn's because 
at least she gives a lot of detail into what kind of person this idiot is. And I'm sorry for using the word idiot and the word crazy, but I'm just really angry. He is just a piece of garbage human being. And I just want justice for these for these women. They're women now, but they were girls at the time. They were young girls. I want justice for them. They deserve justice. Any victim deserves justice. And the fact that this asshole found God because everybody finds God after they do something terrible and all is forgiven. And he wrote a Christian song loosely based on these events. So everything is okay. It's not a fucking K. And neither is the fact that my chemical romance won't get back together. But you know what? It's good for their mental health. And I feel really bad for anybody who is a super big my chemical romance fan because they want the band to get back together, but I think that they also know that the band broke up because everyone's mental health was going to shit, and I think it's better that they don't reunite. But I understand where you guys are coming from. I went to a show last night where there was a surprise uh, female-fronted metal band that played their first show, which was super cool. Uh, I hope I get to speak to them eventually. Uh, they were just really cool. But not only was everybody starting their set with fuck Trump, the, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. What I was gonna say, I found my train of thought, it just pulled in to the station, is that Welcome to the Black Parade came on last night at the show I was at, and everybody just at the top of their lungs screamed every lyric, and it was amazing. Rest in peace, My Chemical Romance. I'm glad that you guys are gone because the mental health of that entire band was way more important than the music, but you guys will always be emo legends. So that is about as much awful information as I can bear to bring you guys in one episode. So I'm gonna leave you guys with my last song for the day. It is by a band who is right down the road from me, not literally, but pretty pretty close to me, or at least they were before they moved. The band is Air Sound, and they are fronted by singer and guitarist Alexa San Ramon. Alexa and I have known each other for about 10 years. Her old band, Love Robot, played my Sweet 16, and I was basically at every single Love Robot show that came around because, like I said, they were basically my neighbors. I even saw We Are the In Crowd in Alexa's basement slash garage when I was in high school. It was really cool. Uh, I knew We Are The In Crowd when they had a MySpace page when Tay Jardine uh, was not even technically in the band yet. She just did like occasional guest vocals. I believe the old singer's name was Christina and I ripped the songs. I, I bought them eventually, don't worry guys. But I ripped the songs from MySpace and I still have them to this day. So I have the old demos to This Isn't Rocket Surgery and Easy. They're really good. but. Alexa is such a talented musician and always has been super supportive and cool the entire time I've known her. Every time I've seen her, she's always been really sweet and I've loved every single music project that she's been in. She also had a side project at one point. It's called Lungs. My boyfriend loved that band and desperately wanted to be in it at one point, I think. He contacted the drummer at one point and that never, never a thing happened, but anyway. She even started to learn to play guitar after seeing the movie Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan and honestly seeing that was pretty fucking awesome and made me wish I was in a band too. I mean, come on, that song Ultimate. 
come on guys I hope that if I was ever in a band one day my band would cover ultimate by whatever the band name was I'm blanking on it right now but they were super Airsound is Alexa's latest band that started on Long Island and now they relocated to California. The song is called Do It Over from their 2016 EP Merge and the band is currently working on finishing their next record. The song Do It Over is really, really good. It's my favorite song from the EP. I re-listened to the entire EP last night at my way home from that show. And like I said, Alexa is an incredible musician. She does demos all the time just by herself and an acoustic guitar. She's always writing, she's always creating, and I'm always excited to hear what comes out of her brain because she is just a talented human being. So before I play that song, I'm going to tell you guys where you can find me as always. It's going to be facebook.com slash rebelheartspodcast. And I realized right before I recorded this that I've been giving you guys the wrong Facebook link because A, I'm still doing this all DIY, not really sure where I'm going or what I'm doing. And I didn't realize that on Facebook you don't automatically get a URL because I haven't made a Facebook page since 2009. <laughs> but anyway, so the real Facebook link is Rebel Hearts Podcast, the Twitter is Rebel Hearts Girl, and the Instagram is Sam is Socks. So that's all I have for you guys today. I will keep you updated on any more shitty front porch step news, any shitty runaways facts that I find, any shitty sexism, and if Kevin Lyman does anything gross and anti-women this summer at the Warped Tour, which I am not surprised if he does, but I will bring that to you guys first, hopefully. I will be on the lookout for it and maybe even set a Google alert for it. So until next time, I will see you guys at the front, and here is Air Sound. One question, did you plan to hurt me? I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. Did your words get trapped inside of your mouth? All I wanted was to hear you. All I wanted was to hear you speak. And all I needed was to need you. All I needed was you to need me.